Hey, this is Pastor Tom with North Lincoln Baptist Church, and you're watching Not Another Church Podcast. This is a weekly podcast featuring church staff and your host, Pastor Tom. So thanks for tuning in. In my marriage, there have been we've had fights and disagreements. Uh, I, I know that's going to be shocking for Ann to hear that, I, that, 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 that that's happened where she's disagreed with me. But here's what I have found is that across the 30 years of marriage, that those disagreements and then the, the fact that we've reconciled that through a lifetime has made our relationship so much deeper and of greater value. When I stood, stood there when I was you know, 21 years old and said, I do, I look at that person and think to myself, you had no idea. You didn't know what the word love meant, much less say <laughs> that, that I can say that I love you. For and better, you, for worse. Yeah you, know, you, yeah, you were clueless on what that meant. And then I, I, can, I can look fast forward to the very first time that I've had one of those squirmy-looking, purple, ugly, E.T.-looking things handed to me. This is now your child. No. No, no, no. Hey, anybody that says a newborn looks good is a they liar, and the truth beautiful. is not in them. I was trying to figure out what he was talking about when he talked about it. He's, he's, he yeah, I knew where he was going. I was oh like, it's, a, it's your baby. He's, he's got a good point. You know, no, no. Their head and neck don't work. <laughs> they're, they're funny colored. Yeah. They got that cottage cheese crammed in all of them. Oh, they're miracles. Yes, and they God are. has given you a new life in your hands. In about two years, they'll become amazing. <laughs> It's so dad-like of you. <laughs> I, I can't even remember with my first child. Um, I, I, I was going out to do something with the time we lived at a farm, and, and Ann was like, why don't you take Emily with you? And I'm like, oh, okay. And <laughs> I, I, had, I was carrying her, and Is this the story for you? a bumblebee, a bumblebee oh. came up right in her face. It just kind of hovered there and then flew off. And here this, and she was probably seven months old. She went, because that bee had, had buzzed. buzzed. And I oh. thought to myself, that's the coolest thing ever. She's now smarter than the dog. Stop. Stop. And I am so sorry. Well, you know what I'm saying? Because, hey, if I got a dog trained where I could say sit right there, and he'll sit there. See, okay, I tell a story like that totally different. I remember, you know, we were still in the very early years of, you know, first child. Here comes Noah toddling into the restroom where I am because, you know, when they're very little, you, you cannot go anywhere without a child following you. Sure. And so I'm in there, and he comes in. There's a bathroom window. And out of the bathroom or through the bathroom window, the sun is shining. Well, um, he was. 11 months old he started walking when he was about nine I think about nine months and so we were close to a year old and I remember sitting there and I had quit my job to stay at home um, and it was a very scary time for us what I didn't know is that Ben was going to be losing his job shortly um, it, it was a really rough time but anyway at that moment though he comes walking toddling in where I'm at and you know he's mumbling to himself and then he looks up and the little dust mites uh, are, are floating around you know the little you know in the uh, air and you really he, should dust more often. Stop. It was the middle of the air. The sun was shining in. I was staying at home. I was dusting then. But uh, no, not so much now. But, you know, it's coming through the window. But you see that. And he was just his expression of like, and it was like little glitter in the air. And I remember thinking, I would miss that if I weren't here. So my stories about those little things are not that he was smarter than the dog at that point. <laughs> it was magical. And I was thinking, God has given us this little baby. 
you know, to take care of. And it was amazing. And he was a member of my family. And he, yes. <laughs> and you couldn't. Th- Do you like that segue? Even, even when he pooped in his own pants, you couldn't throw him out. No. There was commitment. Commitment. And, and then over a lifetime, you see how much richer and deeper things get. When we don't throw things away, they get so much better. Relationships. Okay, so I'm having a conversation uh, recently with girlfriends, and I'm talking about that I think that we probably need to sit down at some point and have a good Bible study on relationships, which includes friendships, because we don't talk about what it looks like very often. We've got this idea from sitcoms that friendships are easy, um, nobody's ever mad, jealous, insecure, angry, envious. Oh, yeah, we just sit around the coffee shop. I mean, we're all like having a good time, you know. We and make snarky comments at each other. And we make and nobody's feelings are hurt, or if they are, they just pout for a minute. Somebody makes a joke, we laugh and move on. And life never looks like that ever, you know. You don't have a laugh track in your mind. Mm, well, sometimes, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, you see that, and we're, we were talking about that not long ago, and, and you're looking at that, and that's true in the church body. But we have these expectations that coming in here, because of the fruit of the Spirit, because we are converted and saved, that we're not going to be just a saved idiot. Yes, and you know? I think that what we lose when somebody makes us mad and we just go down the road is that richness and deepness and the ability for someone who loves me to lovingly correct me. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, part of that is, okay, so if I'm, if I'm sitting in a restaurant with somebody who's a friend of mine, and they, they're, they're throwing sarcasm at me, and they're, they're making fun, I'm going to take that one way. If someone that I don't know says the same thing, that's going to be greatly offensive. Yeah. Okay, who, who do you think you are to talk to me that way? Who, who are kind of thing? And so over a lifetime, we earn the right to speak into each other's lives. And to, what is it? In, in, is it Proverbs? It's faithful or the wounds of, wounds a, friend. of a friend? You know, but in, the kisses in, of an enemy are, are fleeting or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, but, it, and, you know, you, but you look at that and you look at the years and those, you know, I have some friendships that have lasted since we were children and I look at those friendships and there's something beautiful and rich and deep and it's not because we've never grown distant at time or life have carried us in different directions and we've come back together or we've never hurt one another's feelings or been angry or anything like that. It's not that, but it's a lifetime of shared experience with a focus and a faithfulness to Christ that just make the depth of that so much more. It's so much better than the shallow friend that um, that sometimes we create in an environment around us. And we want that because we feel better than it is when we faithfully wound one another. That iron sharpens iron is going to happen with sparks, and it's going to happen with a lot of um, pressure and work, and it's hard. And I, I think that instinctively we recognize that we we want that depth, but it does require work. Yeah, and forgiveness. And and I will say I have some. I would say probably in my lifetime I've had maybe ten people who had earned the right to say I need to talk to you about something. Hey, you need to check yourself in this area. I'm seeing this trend in your heart. And okay, so let's stop joking about this for a minute. Let's be serious. I think this is something you need to work on. And that, that, that I could take that constructively. Now, it should be any believer 
correcting me should be something that I can take. Um, but earning that right. Earning that right yeah. and loving somebody enough to be willing to risk the relationship to, to do a real correction. Well, that's been scary before, yeah. And so I think, I think that that takes time. That takes, and so I look around this church, and I see some of the people in our church who uh, raised children together because they lived across the street from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's, there's people, and, you know, a few years ago at the women's tea, we did that, that connections where we actually traced where, um, and I don't remember the lady's name, but spoke into Miss Whaley's life, Betty Jo Whaley, who's now 93, 94. And so when she was, in her own words, you know, stupid, a stay-at-home mom, didn't know what I was doing, felt alone, that this woman spoke into her life so that when she was in her 40s and 50s, she sought out young women who were in that position. And one of the women that she found and spoke into her life was Susie Weems. And so here's Susie Weems raising kids. Her husband's off at work. She's at home with these kids, feeling alone, feeling unlike a foot. Hey, nobody cares what I'm doing. I'm not having a spiritual impact on anybody. So here she speaks in her life. Meaning in my life. So she speaks into Susie's life so that Susie then later speaks. And you could just see like five generations deep of the goodness of God flowing in one congregation. I'll never forget the Sunday or a weekday on a Sunday. You come back in and you had gone on visitation and you had met somebody who was a children's uh, teacher at the church back before it was like a children's minister role. But it was a children's teacher, been faithfully, had done it for years when the church was at a different location. And I will never forget that week. I mean, I think I spent a week thinking about those who had come before me, what my role currently is, and that those would, there would be those who would come after me. And praying for each one of those, praying for those generations that had come, praying that God would use me for his will and purposes in this time, and that for those who are coming after me, that God would do a mighty work through them, that we would not fail to teach the next generation so that it would not be on our um, on our account that in any part of God's kingdom did not continue to grow here in our area. And I think that's a, that is such a beautiful thing. And I think in a church like this, uh, the expression that comes to mind, I think Yogi Berra said it, you were born on third and thought you hit a home run. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think that we inherit from those, and it's easy for us to look back and say, oh, those people, that was so silly. They were, they were program-driven. They did this stupid. They did that stupid. And you know what? The, the people who come after us will look at our ministry and do the same, exact same thing. Every time there's a change, what you end up doing is looking back at those come before and seeing the places where they didn't do well or where you would do it differently. And, and I made a conscious effort as I walked into each role that, that God has given me not to do that because those who are come, going to come behind me are going to see places where I was weak and failed and, and didn't do as good a job as, as I should have. So if I want that kind of grace from them, I'm offering it to those who have come before me. So for us to see those, those connections, those lines of God's work over a lifetime, we're not talking about cheap here. We're not talking about a two-hour movie. I'm saying across your lifetime, you've got to be committed to something and be willing to be a part of something for a long time. And so membership is, is important. It's so important that it, it's a, a term that is brought from Scripture to teach us that commitment goes both ways. Commitment is something that, that means that we have to live sacrificially 
and that other people we know have our back and are living sacrificially for us. And sometimes in my own life, the hardest thing that I've ever done is accepted help. I know, uh, I remember, and I, some of you have heard my testimony know of the time when uh, I had lost my job, could not get another job. We were, we were getting down, I mean, it was getting down to, you know, maybe one more mortgage payment, and then we're, we're going to have to start looking for a rental place. We're going to lose this house. Yeah. Um, and we had gone out. Um, it was uh, it, both my daughter's birthdays were about the same time, and we had gone out to, to celebrate their birthday. Uh, we came back home, and the church had broken into our house, and the kitchen table was covered in food, and the refrigerator was stuffed with food. Now, to this day, I have no idea who did that. And you know what? It, it wasn't even the food, because we weren't at a point where we were... Without food. Without food. Yeah. It was just knowing that God's people had my back. And my first reaction was almost shame. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, have we, have we been running our mouths so much that they think that we're hungry? Yes. I mean, we just left Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Um, but then the realization that, hey, these people actually care about me. For Jesus' sake, they actually care and they've got my back. You were in, they were inconvenienced for your sake. Yes. They took some of theirs and gave it to you. They went out, did the effort, the work, in the shopping, the bringing, and the being involved in. And very often, and not long ago, I spoke at a women's event, and I talked about being inconvenienced for others. I was talk, uh, it came out of the story of John the Baptist where his disciples went to find Jesus to carry John the Baptist's message to Jesus and then the message back to John the Baptist where he was being held in um, it basically what would have been a dungeon to us, the bottom of a, a governor's castle. And um, I remember th as I went through that story and I, you know, as I was thinking for the weeks in preparation on that particular passage how... You know, those guys, the effort that they put in, how they were inconvenienced for one another, and how being disciples of John the Baptist meant so much more than just, um, it wasn't easy, it wasn't simple, it was deep and profound, and it required work and inconvenience and effort. So I, I think our conclusion is, is that membership has uh, an immense value. Ha you having a commitment to the body of Christ and the body of Christ acting like the body of Christ is of the utmost importance. And uh, if you want a, a, a cheap, superficial experience, then don't worry about it. If, if you want to go deeper and be a part of something much bigger than yourself, something much bigger than even this life, um, I would recommend whatever church body you are, are a part of, get plugged in, sell out, and uh, join. Because membership has its privileges. Oh, I knew that was gonna come out. All right, so you, you've been listening to Not Another Church Podcast. Join us next week when we'll be talking about uh, health and fitness. We'll have a special guest, Dr. Jeremy Goodwin. I'm looking forward to it, and so see you next week. All right, with that, we end today's podcast. Thanks for watching Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. We want to invite you to join us Sundays for small group at 9 a.m., worship services starting at 10 a.m., and you can find North Glen Cove Baptist Church live each week on Facebook and our northlenco.org website. If you miss church, no worries. Our past services are easily accessible. They're archived on YouTube, Vimeo, Facebook. Make sure to stay up to date by following northlenco.org. Go serve your king.